welcome to another episode of the Streaking the Lawn podcast. Once again, my name is Pierce. I've got Zach and Ben with me tonight, fellas. How are you, Ben? Doing wonderful. Oh, that's good to hear. Before we do uh, jump into things, I do want to thank you, Zach, and thank Caroline, if she's listening, uh, for handling last week's episode and and doing a great job. Uh, Not only, of course, talking about the fun basketball start to the season, but uh, more importantly, uh, the loss that we've all um, suffered on ground. So we're not going to hash too much into that, but because I... uh, wasn't able to make make the episode due to Thanksgiving travels. I do want to say, um, you know, especially to be on here with you too, you, you guys as undergrads, I mean, we're all impacted by this in, in the UVA fan community and the Charlottesville community and the alum community. But I think particularly for, for current students, um, being around grounds has been really inspiring to see the current students reactions and, and coming together and response, um, but it should never have to have ever been something y'all have to deal with it. So I'm getting a little choked up even trying to, to vocalize this, but wanted to say uh, feel for you guys. And obviously we feel for uh, everybody impacted by this, which is probably everyone listening to this. So thank you again, Zach, uh, for doing uh, that justice and uh, uh, covering the memorial service. But uh, we're here, uh, of course, to, uh, you know, talk about the happy things now and 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 talk about uh, things that are quite happy are both basketball teams uh, just absolutely crushing it to start the year about as, I guess, literally as good as you could hope for as far as uh, wins and losses go. And uh, last night's massive win on the road for the men uh, in Ann Arbor uh, is just sort of uh, the next chapter in, in what's been a great start uh, for this, for this program. Um, both are exciting. I, I'm happy to start with either uh, Ben, what's on your mind most uh, about this run of success to kick off the season? You know, it's pretty crazy to have not one, but two undefeated basketball teams at this point into the season. Some I schools out don't there don't even have one in, a, in the holiday season, Ben. <laughs> They're having to deal with losses. <laughs> it is the season of giving, and we have been given to undefeated basketball teams. It is truly just a wonderful feeling. Um, obviously, both programs incredibly impressive. Uh, very big game coming up for the women, actually. Um, against Penn State mm-hmm. tonight. They might have lost by the time so. we publish this. So we might <laughs> have published this whole thing. Yeah. Everyone's listening, just going, these idiots. That's a problem for future Pearson, Zach, and Ben. <laughs> Not a problem for the now. <laughs> yes. If they win, it will be their first nine-game winning streak since 2008-09, which I believe is before Zach was born. So, great <laughs> I think stuff. He might going be on. younger than me, but whatever. <laughs> I am younger than Zach. Okay. <laughs> Good one. I, T- ten points. <laughs> All right. <laughs> I guess we can come around to the game last night, um, which another just incredibly impressive win for the men's team going on the road to Ann Arbor, uh, down 11 points at halftime and rallying for a 70 to 68 victory over Michigan. Uh, this Virginia team is ranked number three in the country. They dealt with hostile road crowd. Their shot wasn't falling in the first half and Michigan certainly was. Uh, they had a tough time defending uh, big man Hunter Dickinson for various reasons, which I'm sure uh, we'll get into. Uh, <laughs> yes. 
various reasons. Um, but they do turn it around at the end. Big go-ahead shot by Jaden Gardner in a game where he struggled up to that point. And huge play on defense by Reese Beekman. Steele um, intentionally fouled, puts UVA up. And then, as I'm sure Tony Bennett loves, closed out with an incredible defensive play on Jed Howard uh, for a 70-68 victory. And it's really hard to feel any sort of negativity about this men's basketball team. They are incredibly good and just continue to pass every test with flying colors yeah yeah well said um you know before we get into i think maybe some specific uh points but um zach want to give you the 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 open floor for first impressions or current impressions uh, your thoughts yeah i mean uh i think the thing about this michigan win is that I don't know if you could say that this team had really been punched in the face before this game. I think Baylor obviously had a big run in the second half. Illinois had a couple of leads, um, maybe like six or they, they, they probably pulled, pulled up a little bit, but to be down 11 and at halftime to let up 45 first half points in a tough environment against a team that was hitting shots that was physical. And, you know, we talk about what can beat the pack line defenses outside shooting mm-hmm. it makes it really tough when you have a big man who is forcing a double in the post because then if you're hard hedging and you're trying to double in the post michigan was doing good things to just have this defense scrambling yeah and then their length on the other end of the floor made it so that uva could not they just didn't they got eight threes off in the entire game there just wasn't a lot going there um and armand you know wasn't hitting and so uh there, there was just a lot that sort of felt like, huh, like things aren't going right at the moment. And I think at halftime, I just sort of sat there and I was like, well, they're either going to win this game and it's going to be like, oh my God, this team is like serious or they're going to lose and we're going to have to reframe and say, okay, it's a tough, tough contest, whatever. But just the way that they sort of took command of that game yeah. was really impressive. And it, it felt like, I mean, Michigan put up more points per possession than UVA did in this in this game by like 0.05 points. But um, j- just the way that eventually when plays needed to be made, they made those plays. And I think yeah. that that's really impressive. This team is really good in the last five minutes. They just are. And a lot of that's experience. They shot, what, like three for six from the free throw line in the last minute, which isn't great. Nope. <laughs> um, so the, the Reese, one of Reese's two misses and then Armand going over two could have made life bad, but it would have been the headline sort of, you know, I guess the headline right. is coming back after, after getting not blown out, but you know what I mean? After, after giving up a big, big enough lead, but yeah, it's, it's water under the bridge. Cause you get the W. Um, I think exactly. that my one sort of takeaway that well, I would have two. And the, the first is, is something um, our friend Brad at Cow's Corner was highlighting on Twitter, which was, you know, the if you're if you're assigning roles for uh, things we'd like to see in a UVA team, they are missing maybe that lockdown length defender. You know, someone that you can go, okay, stop that guy. <laughs> and, and it's honestly, it's been since DeAndre that we've really had that. So it has been a few years, regardless. Um, but you know, Brogdon comes to mind, and and uh, you're gonna run in uh, when you play better teams. You're gonna run into future pro player talent in 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 a scorer, and to have someone that you can put on, um, someone who's shooting like we saw last night. 
would have potentially been beneficial. But you sort of got the idea that Michigan was either going to come back down to earth, which they did, or it's just a game that you can't win, you know? And, and, and I know it sounds crazy, but I was, you know, at halftime going, if this continues, it just sort of feels like the UMBC game. It's, you know, obviously it's not the stage. It's not the level of disappointment by any measure. And it's not a game that anyone would really ever remember for that long anyway. But in the way that you're going, man, just everything Michigan's doing is going in. And that was, you know, what it felt like uh, in both halves of, the, of that UMBC game. I'll stop bringing, I'll stop saying those four letters together and we can move on. Though. Um, my other takeaway though, is that, I think we got really excited with Franklin's potential in those first few wins. And it's not that that's going anywhere necessarily, but this team isn't going to be like Franklin is Batman, you know, the whole season. It's a team where everybody's at times the best player on the team. And, and you're going to have a lot of sharing of the spotlight and sharing of the go-to scoring. I was particularly impressed by the clutch plays Kihei was making. If you take away, um, not finishing every single acrobatic, you know, finish at the rim. Had those gone in, it would have been jaw dropping. And instead, he finished enough of those acrobatic finishes at the rim to to be just standard, really impressive um, in in his ability to score. Uh, Jaden Gardner, like you mentioned, Ben was was a little quiet, but made a really clutch shot towards the end. Caden, I mean, I, I, we 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 got you know what twenty more minutes to talk to talk about all these guys. I want to rattle them off all in one run on sentence. But my point is, uh, we're going to see a lot of those different nights, different guys stepping up to to be the uh, star in the box score. Uh, Ben, what do you think like in that rotation is, I don't know, some of those, some of those roles you see being propped up now as we get uh, headed towards ACC play. And to your point, it really has been unbelievable just how much this has been a team effort so far. Uh, we, as you mentioned, saw Armand stepping up in the early going, but it hasn't been the same guy every single game. And the stats reflect that. I mean, you have mm -hmm. four guys on the team who are averaging between 11 and 12 points right now. And those yeah. are your four leading scorers. That's crazy. Which is just unbelievable consistency. And what's really helped so far is Armand's been streaky and Jaden Gardner has been streaky. But when someone struggles, someone is always there to pick up the load or hit a few big shots. And this game, when they couldn't buy a bucket in the second half, for a brief stretch, it was Ben Vanderplus getting yep. the basket, playing physical, and then hitting that awesome three-pointer uh, to cut to the equally awesome celebration by uh, his dad in the stands. Yeah, <laughs> but just uh, it's been incredible seeing guys step up throughout the team. But I do think that you talk about roles. The one guy who's emerged, and it was a shame uh, late in the second half when after the ankle injury, he seemed a little bit hampered. But specifically in that first half. It seems like Reese Beekman is finally the guy on yep. this team. He looked as good as he has ever looked in that first half offensively, getting to the basket, getting downhill, finishing strong at the basket. That two-handed dunk, every once in a while, he just throws down a dunk like that, and you almost forget he can jump that way. And that well, did you the see most athletic player on the floor. Earlier, he went up softly, and it didn't work. 
and I, mm-hmm. I, to they me it was clearly up. like uh oh okay i gotta i gotta go up with a little more aggression you also realized he had joey baker on him and said <laughs> okay here yeah, we yeah. go <laughs> fair enough yeah yeah and that's what they i think they like picking on um michigan a little bit uh with specifically hunter dickinson and getting downhill yeah. to the basket uh i mean that goes both ways if you're going at big men all night uh 20 of virginia's two-point shots were blocked which is kind of crazy but at the same time they made they made 17 of their 26 shots yeah. at the rim even yeah. with 20 percent of their shots blocked yeah. so they're finishing almost every time they're getting a good look at the basket and it was just really encouraging to see re-step up when everyone else looked like they simply didn't have it going yeah and i think that's what it's going to have to be is guys stepping up and ultimately reese beekman ankle permitting being the guy down yeah. the stretch and zach i'm sure you have more to, to add about reese but ben brought up something that i, I don't want to forget to add which is um the, the finishing at the rim ties into what you were saying earlier zach to me about the perception of the game you know sort of feeling like we were you know, you're down 11, they're shooting the lights up, but like Virginia could win this pretty easily. I feel like we're all sort of feeling that at, at the half, um, you know, on, on the social media or in the Slack and whatnot. And I think a big part of that is looking at Michigan's complete lack of playing good defense other than committing to blocks and getting some of them. I was really unimpressed with their defense and not relying on the three-point shot although conventionally you would say okay if 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 we're exchanging finishing at the rim for michigan hitting threes then obviously we're gonna lose right threes are are worth more but it would have been a poor decision to try and just start out shooting michigan from deep and so i was impressed that virginia especially in the first half like especially when you know you've got plenty of time left and Virginia very purposely kept attacking what they knew was working, which was getting into the paint, challenging Dickinson and trying to, you know, score the easy buckets at the rim. And clearly that ended up being the right thing. They hit the right threes that they needed to a few jumpers here and there to, to spark some runs, but to continue to focus on the easy scoring that they were getting at the basket, I think was the right move. Uh, hindsight, of course, a little bit easier with with that W, uh, you know, proving it. But uh, yeah. Zach, what did you see in in that? I mean, I think I think sort of the just the the way that the team seemed pretty calm coming out of halftime, like there was no panic, sort of. Mm-hmm. Like there, I think, as you said, like it was sort of obvious what went. I don't want to say wrong, but like what happened in the first half and why it was an 11 point lead. Right. Um, and I think that, yeah, I mean, you're seeing that Reese Kihei dynamic of two guys who can get downhill and then make plays from there. I also think probably only shooting eight threes comes from a little bit of, okay, this team can shoot the ball. We got to respect that because they're not going to help off of Ben Vanderplas. They're not going to help off of Franklin, even when he goes over two as much. And so um, it, it was about, Reese and Kihei being able to finish at the rim. I mean, Reese was five for six, uh, Kihei three for six. And then, I mean, that makes some sense. Um, just what with the, you know, height difference. Um, but yeah, I mean, it's it just a strength of this team. And then you come out of the second or out of the first half, out of halftime, whatever. Um, and you just saw an emphasis of getting the ball to Caden, getting it to Jaden and sort of using that that power that you have in there because both of those guys are very good finishers and both of those guys can make defenses pay if there is a slight mismatch. Jane Garner didn't shoot the ball uh, fantastically in this mm. game. I mean, he was 
um, six for 15, uh, which isn't fantastic, you know, it's whatever, but, but he made the shots that counted and he took advantages of mismatches took yeah. advantage of mismatches. Good Lord. Um, at certain points and, and, and was able to sort of give that team the spark that they needed. Ben Vanderplas has a back to the basket game. Did not know that was the case. That's just something new. That was six points um, that sort of came out of nowhere. He really is. And um, Michigan just didn't have answers for it, really. Hunter Dickinson isn't, you know, as Ben sort of alluded to, isn't a great defender outside of blocking shots and it's kind of slow. And so, um, yeah, I mean, just just it, it's really impressive to see the, the way this offense is so multifaceted and the way they can win in different ways. And that's how that's what good teams have to be, because you can't just be a Jaden Gardner mid-range sort of team. You can't just be relying on Armand Franklin to hit shots and Kihei and Reese to make some shots and Isaac McNeely to come off the bench. It's this collection of, of a variety of things and being able to run an offense that, I mean, we haven't talked about sort of the schematic elements of this team very much. They're running as always the same offense, but they're utilizing ball screens a lot more out of mover blocker and sort of this like meshing of offenses between continuity ball screen, high mm-hmm. ball screen and mover blocker is working really well for this team and for this roster. So why, why is that individual development? A yeah. lot of it's just individual development, like straight up. It's just like pretty much all Vanderplas obviously didn't, wasn't on the team last year, but those first six guys have been better the, the, the returners have been better and then Vanderplas has added something that this team didn't have last year and so it's Reese being more aggressive getting downhill and getting to the basket it's having Vanderplas on the wing sometimes instead of Gardner inside you have an extra guy on the outside to space the floor it's Armon hitting whatever out of what nine of eight of 19 threes in his first three games and, and, and teams are more aware of that um, it's Kihei being more reserved and realizing the moments that he needs to be aggressive and realizing the moments that he doesn't. And then it's Caden being a better finisher, um, hitting a three. Like that's, yeah, that was... <laughs> he can hit one or two of those jumpers, not even just from three, just one to two of those sort of like, okay, the defense is playing drop coverage or sat or sagging in. If he can just hit one or two of those again, make that step sort of towards the guard from the big guy, be a little bit more, you know, sort of, uncertain um then then it just keeps opening things up yeah so uh there's been some more creativity with the offense there's been a little bit more like okay what if what if we did this what if we tried this what if we put this guy in this situation um reese like is all of a sudden a great catch and shoot three-point shooter and i know it's on low volume but like just all the little things are clicking right now i mean it Um, also seems to be like a checklist of things we wished for in the preseason you know like if we're gonna be all the things right right. back when everything that we've been hoping and dreaming for right exactly and it's all come true (laughs) it's 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 all working and i think that that was some like i'm not gonna win so hard (laughs) the caden and reese thing has been a conversation for a year and a half like right. you know sort of like could are those guys gonna be the the ones that the you know sort of like what we think they could be and now they are and now all mm-hmm. of a sudden Vanderplas, who was sort of like a weird transfer not weird but like we weren't sure exactly how this was going to work with this group is the perfect sixth man and Jaden probably needs to 
you know, pull himself back a little bit from just firing from mid range as much, but Jaden is very good defensively can play on the perimeter defensively. We're seeing Jaden play um, small ball fours a lot and do it. Well, Vanderplas can all of a sudden guard Hunter Dickinson in the post. Like where does that come from? Who freaking knows? Um, and, and just everything's clicking and it's beautiful and it's fun to watch. And Tony Bennett is just like sitting back and going, yeah, <laughs> this is what I do. Like it's just it's beautiful. And, and all the sort of the doubts of the last three years of a lack of national contention are sort of just getting like answered. And, and, nice. and yeah, I'm just uh, rambling now. No, you're good. And you, I mean, you can't argue with the results, right? Like these, this is, right three massive out of state massive together at least out of state out of state out of conference wins we do have houston coming up soon as well too and so houston stinks (laughs) i don't know about that uh you know that regardless or like they put up uh, like 48 on kent state they won by four last night Listen, yeah, I, but that was like Norfolk State or whatever. I appreciate your optimism, uh, Zach, all the time, but uh, I can't, I can't dismiss Houston as an opponent. How about that? Um, <laughs> so, Ben, let's get into a little bit more what you're seeing with with, I like Zach was saying that you know guys are elevating their performance in ways that we needed, or specific strategies that that just have been executed better or tweaked to be better. I mean, you heard the announcers going like the pack line's actually a little different this year for this team, which is to be expected. That in some ways you you need to adapt and tweak, but in other ways you're like, I didn't know Coach Bennett was you know open to discussion <laughs> about tweaking things here and there. You know, I think he's been a really good in-game coach this year, um, which I think is a lot of the reason we've seen these great second half runs and these great end of game runs. And part of it is definitely the personnel specifically. I think opposing guards have really struggled down the stretch um, because they have to go against Kihei and Reese all game long. And that wears on you. And you get exhausted as the game wears down and you might just be out of juice. But beyond that, I think UVA has been a lot more, whether it's because of the personnel simply being better at what they do or because they're being more aggressive coaching wise or the players are maybe taking things into their own hands a little more. I think they've been more willing to pick at things that they notice in opposing teams that they can really hammer and really pick on. Like we saw yesterday against Michigan against Michigan with Hunter Dickinson and the pick and roll, they were running that all the time, just putting him in actions, making yeah. him guard in space, which isn't really something that this Virginia team has liked to do, but they were going to it over and over. And then when they realized that they could get those looks in the post out of early offense, because the defense might've been over helping, they were looking to throw it down low early in the second half. And when Ben Vanderplas started picking on his defender. They were trying to run clear outs and get him the ball every single possession. Mm-hmm. Michigan did a good job taking it away down the stretch, but they were really looking for it. And I, obviously with the defensive adjustments as well, I don't think there's quite as much on that end that changed first to sure, second sure. half besides Michigan missing shots. But I do think them varying the level of help that they showed to Hunter Dickinson and just making him think twice sometimes about those passes because he was nailing all of them in the first half and he was nailing some of them in the second half, which is an improvement. 
And honestly, to cut any team from 45 points in one half to 23 in the next is a really big win. Uh, some of that is shooting luck, but some of it is definitely defensive adjustments. And the way this team just kind of closes in and figures out what they're beating their opponents at and just does it over and over until they win and they have a lead and they hold on at the end of the game has been really impressive. Yeah, and and that sort of points to the versatility, you know, because they can find yeah. that thing that works. And so far, they found it against every opponent. Um, there might come a time against a Houston or a Duke or North Carolina don't look great right now, but down the line, um, there might come a time when that doesn't, that isn't the case. Um, I also think that, you know, we just look at the defensive side of the ball. We mentioned like sort of how there isn't that wing defender or there isn't that wing defender yet, depending on sort of how much Ryan Dunn emerges. The defense is also, Bennett is allowing his guys to take risks. He's allowing Reese to jump into the passing lane. And, and you know, looking at the offensive ball, offensive side of the ball as well, he's allowing guys to do things that suit them. And he's put, as Ben just sort of went through, he's putting them in positions to succeed. A lot of that for Bennett comes down to trust. When Bennett doesn't trust a team, he goes, okay, we're going to run mover blocker all game. We're not straying from that. And we're going to run the pack line defense and we're packing it in and we're going to double in the post and then recover and rotate. What happens when he trusts players is that he's willing to move on some of those principles. He's willing to not double in the post when it's Ben Vanderplas guarding Hunter Dickinson because he trusts Ben to hold his ground and he trusts Armand Franklin to come and help from the backside. And he trusts Kihei to come adjacent, maybe try and get a steal. And, and so that's sort of the beauty of this team. And that's the beauty of the experience that this group has um, because and this is something that was true in 2018, 2019, is that all of a sudden, after that UMBC loss, Bennett was Matt, willing to trust Ty. We weren't, we weren't bringing that up anymore. We made a... Oh, <laughs> after, yeah, yeah. <laughs> but he was willing to trust Ty. He was willing to trust those guys with sort of just what works for them outside of the system. And some of that just being good. But a right. lot of it is, is is just sort of like building that with Bennett over time. Um, and I think we're seeing that for the first time in, you know, three and a half years or whatever. And I, and I think that at least to that this scale, maybe, yeah, right to that scale. And that maybe above anything else is, is what's really encouraging because Tony Bennett is a great basketball mind. That is, you know, undisputed. Um but he sometimes does get sort of stuck in the things that have worked, which makes sense. You know, like the, the sort of the, the base of wow. the, the basis of, of schematics. First of all, how dare you? <laughs> Second of all, I'm the negative one. <laughs> third, third. No, I'm kidding. And sorry to cut you off. I, I get your Regardless. point. <laughs> yeah, okay, I'm, 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 I'm rambling now again, but I'm just excited um yeah you have every reason to be yeah. that, that was going to be my next question was this the 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 ascendance of this uva team has also culminated with surprising results from the blue bloods of the college basketball world and it's sort of what we expected in the acc in that i don't think any of the three of us was going this duke team and this carolina team are going to run the table you know even if we had ranked them 
one and two or one and three or wherever we found them in the conference. I don't think any of us thought just because Carolina made a championship game that they were going to be a top five team out of the box, out of the break. However, I th- I think even the most pessimistic you know, outlooks uh, might not quite have reached where we are as a conference in the ACC. And this is all going alongside while Virginia looks like the best team in the world. How can you not be giddy about, <laughs> about what's in front of this squad considering, I mean, no one wants the conference to be bad, but it I'm at least going to be like happy for UVA's chances to pile up as many ACC wins as possible. When you look at the fact that Louisville couldn't beat my high school team and uh, you know, FSU's what one in seven, that's who they start with. I'm knocking on wood. Don't worry millennials out there who've seen us blow big 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 time hey, we, performances we've seen bad things too Pierce. no you haven't you have no idea all right <laughs> we saw syracuse we saw you that is our generation that is what we grew up with. one thing it's one thing to like experience you were, you were learning like the rules on, were... but this is like i was born in the darkness <laughs> <laughs> No, no. Um, nonetheless, it, it it's 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 like we're always going to have any of us is going to have this like tinge of like it could all come crumbling down. And I feel like we've always felt that way, even through the highs of, of UVA basketball success. But how can you not look at the rest of this conference and go, goodness, Virginia is 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 the class of this conference right now. And uh, I don't see that changing this season. And I think it's pretty clear at this point that Virginia is the best team in the conference right now, but it's just been so surprising how everyone else has just completely not collapsed, but I mean, Duke's lost twice, two good, decent teams, but yeah. like you don't expect Duke to lose twice early in the season. They've lost to really the two good teams that they've played. I mean, they yeah. beat Xavier by seven, if you want to call that a quality win. And Carolina's beat nobody. Their best win is over JMU. And they struggled against Iowa State mightily. Yeah. Um, almost lost to Portland. And then lost to Alabama in that ugly, ugly four-overtime game. But both teams stumbling out of the gate in a way that I think you're right was a little bit predictable. I mean, this UNC team got that number one ranking out of respect for their tournament run, which was an right. impressive tournament run. Right. But of they were an eight seed all season. And right. They return most of the same guys. And when you return the same guys from an eight seed team, you might get a little better as Virginia has right. this year going from NIT to top five. But and Duke struggling as always. It doesn't it looks like their freshmen this year are like <laughs> just very talented Oops. as opposed to Zion, RJ, right. that class. And even that class flamed out in the NCAA tournament. And <laughs> they sure did. Uh I feel like a different team won the title that year. <laughs> Mm-hmm. Uh, respect to that team for defeating the Virginia Cavaliers twice. Something no <laughs> other team could do that. <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, I mean, you if know. you look at the conference rate, NC State, uh, Virginia Tech, and Wake are all seven and one. But you dig a little into that, and Wake beat Wisconsin, um, which is no, you know, uh, uh, unimpressive thing. You know, ACC Big Ten challenge. They have a ten point win over Georgia, who at least is a power five. And a loss at LMU, uh, NC State, 
has a close loss, close uh, six six point loss to Kansas, who is good, but maybe not the three ranking that they were at the time. And other than that, they have a win against Butler, win against Dayton, you know, which are, are solid programs, good teams. So NC State's feeling pretty good, but nothing that's like jumping off the page. And then the Hokies lost to Charleston in in, in a game in Charleston. Uh, and then have a win over Penn State, a win over Minnesota. Uh, again, power five teams, but nothing that, that is, you know, going to light up the, the headlines for them. Virginia is, has a better, better wins than any of those teams combined. And I think has shown like when Virginia is firing all, all cylinders, everyone knows what that means, right? Like there's an intimidation factor now with that. Like there's that brutal, like you said, it, going against recent Kihei and, and you're going, God, <laughs> you know, like, like I, I think that mental game is important and it's all tied up to this idea that like Roy Williams isn't there anymore. As our friends Tyus and Tay say, Mr. K isn't there anymore. Like this is the perfect opportunity to seize, uh, you know, the, the the apex of the conference yet again, and to be sort of definitively um, the premier program in a dying conference. Yeah, I mean, it. I think you wish that the bottom of the ACC was just a little bit less. It's, like it's unbelievably bad. Bad. <laughs> just for the sake of like. I mean, thank goodness that they have this non-con because I think if they did, if they had last year's non-con, yeah, yeah, and like maybe Houston was game two and they just had a stinker, or like it was it was in Las Vegas and they lost by ten, which is a completely reasonable thing that could have happened. Then we're sort of like, oh yeah, this is going to be like a six seed in the NCAA tournament, even if they go seventeen and three in the ACC, right? Um, and you can't be piling up losses to Navy and JMU if right, exactly. if your conference schedule isn't going to do you well, any favors. Right, right. And, you know, even if they were this good of a team but had that schedule, you know, that then there's, you know, okay, you get Iowa, you know, but but anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's not great. Then again, I'll take winning the ACC regular season title and just sort of like going – going with that and rolling with it duke's gonna get better unc will start caring about playing defense at some point um baycott's been hurt when that is yeah um you know and, and those are both good talented teams but but yeah i mean it just i i think uva has a coaching advantage and this isn't like you know a hot take but it has a coaching advantage over every acc team you know and that's just and now that you have the players to back it up or at least the team to back it up for the first time in, I don't know, a couple of years. Um, I don't, yeah, they, they can't not be the favorite in the ACC and uh, shout out to Josh Pastner for, for saying that, that UVA, sh- I mean, he said <laughs> he UVA should be it. the number one team in the country, but he called <laughs> us. Uh, our favorite non UVA coach on this podcast, Josh Pastner saw him in new Orleans last year. I don't even know if I told you that. Um, uh, it, it was their final four weekend. And so was he, oh, okay. we were both doing the same thing, which was not being part of teams who were in the final four. <laughs> Anyhow, um, Ben, you know, any, any parting looks uh, on things getting into ACC play or not just like the, the scope of the conference, but like what, what are some, 
some stuff we're still looking for. Like what's going to make us feel even more confident or maybe more assured that like, it's not a hot shooting fluke or something along those lines. You know, the first step towards doing that will be to just dominate these next two games. Uh, Mm -hmm. You get Florida state and James Madison at home. Uh, Florida state, as we've been alluding to has been pretty horrible this year. They are one in seven, including losses to Siena, UCF and Stetson. Um, that is not only a team that you should beat, that's a team you should destroy. It should not be close. And then that JMU game, I think honestly is going to be important for the team after what happened last year with it being a bit of a rivalry game and JMU is not a bad team. They're six Mm -hmm. and two, um, the loss to North Carolina, uh, they will certainly be amped up for that game as they were (laughs) last year. (laughs) But, I mean, come out and beat those teams by 20, and I'll feel pretty good. And then come out on December 17th against Houston, win that game, and it is going to be hard to stop the hype train after that. Oh, I didn't didn't realize that that game, that's one of those the students aren't around kind of games. It's really unfortunate. I might be driving down six hours from Philly. The day off. I booked my flight home for the 18th so I could stay for it. You man. Oh, I mean, I'm going home and like, yeah. Someone's a better fan. Wow. Come back, Zach. I'm not Come a on. fan, Pierce. I'm a journalist. <laughs> I, I covered the team. It's the big J. And as a journalist, I don't need to attend the games. <laughs> hey. My grandparents are in town that we I I'm figuring things out. Listen. Now. Muma and Pop Pop need need their Zacky boy there. I understand. It's okay. Um, no, and as I, you know, as a Schultzel native, I've been going to these games where there are no students, and the the greater community will show out uh, for for the big time game. So it, it'll be loud. It'll be fun. Um, it won't maybe quite have that blanket of orange uh that is the student section though so something to look forward to over as we approach the holiday season but zach i want to make sure i give you some last words here of of where you are uh and what you're looking for as we start acc play which sounds weird it's early to me um but that's where we are next game fsu yeah i mean i'm not looking like for just let's maybe defensive rotations not to sound like tony bennett but like clean those up a little bit some of that is a lack of length but like this is the same backcourt as last year same essentially the same front court as last season so clean that up a little bit if if you can get some big wins can isaac mcneely and ryan dunn be a part of that that's what i was gonna say yeah yeah so that's something that we haven't really touched on, but yeah. I think sort of the depth that we have been really excited about is probably six and a half guys. If Poppy doesn't foul five times in three minutes. Um, <laughs> and we didn't even talk about Caden getting punched in the mouth, oh, elbowed yeah. in the mouth. Yeah, with the, also, We alluded to it. But... That game, like I, just cause I wasn't paying attention to it during the, when I watched it live, but Hunter Dickinson's a dirty player. Oh yeah. Like he's he's hooking and holding on oh, like yeah. every single offensive rebound. Oh yeah. He I shoved mean, Reese at one point and the announcers even say yeah. anything. And I'm just like, I saw yeah. that well, <laughs> you know. Yeah. He shoves Caden um, and then Caden hops back toward him and gets gets, you know, some the teeth. The other thing is like out. the whole cylinder thing. I get the cylinder thing if it's and this is audio, so the people listening will not hear me, but you or not see me, but you guys will. 
it, that first elbow is what you think would hit the guy if it's a cylinder issue. Dickinson brought his, I think, left elbow like crashing down yeah. into Shedrick. That's like a like he already did the rip through. Yeah. And Caden wasn't hit by the first elbow, and then he just the like, follow through. Yeah, it's and so yeah, uh, that was a joke. Um, hopefully, Caden is okay i hopefully reese is i doubt that they would play reese uh if there was any thought that he wouldn't be okay afterwards yeah yeah i think you um, just with the swelling in an ankle turn like it, a lot of times it's easier mm-hmm. to just go back out there and play and then the next day you're like oh actually I... Yeah. but I, I i agree with you i feel like what we saw out of reese probably suggests that he's going to be okay knock on wood a thousand times um but yeah other than that like yeah just just can you get a little bit depth a little bit of depth going can mcneely hunt his shot a little more i'd like to see him do that he wasn't doing that which is sort of like if he's not doing that he's not really impacting the offense right now yeah can dunn be a little bit more active on offense can he be plus a plus defensively um the good news is the ACC sucks. And so they'll probably get some opportunities <laughs> to like really get heavy minutes uh, in January and February, yeah. but it wouldn't be nice to see that starting now. Yeah, I agree. And uh, that's like, like I said, that's what I was going to add was it would be nice to see um, McNeely hit a couple shots, you know, um, not in like a, Oh, I want him to shoot better, but just to feel like more in tune with the offense and see them go, go actually go through, through the net. Um would 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 bode well so with that all being said like you know we'll keep hoping for the winning streak to continue for both teams and uh big game for the women against penn state you'll know the result before i current pierce do so apologies in advance if we jinx them by talking about them being undefeated but uh regardless stay tuned to the blog for coverage for both squads and uh we'll keep it going until the next episode go who's We'll